Welcome to Life Study of the Bible, a presentation of Living Stream Ministry. Witness Lee, a servant of the Lord for over seven decades, culminated his ministry with a 21-year book-by-book exposition of the entire Bible, which he called Life Study. This Life Study is the basis for our program today and includes short portions of the spoken messages given by Witness Lee. Now, let's join today's program. Let him kiss me with the kisses of his mouth, for your love is better than wine. This intimate and tender language might be thought to be from a great love sonnet by Shakespeare or Elizabeth Barrett Browning, yet it's actually from the opening lines of the book Song of Songs in the Old Testament. Why is a love poem given precious space in the pages of the Bible? There seems to be no way to understand such a book by studying it from either a doctrinal or theological perspective. It is purely a book of experience. And to understand it properly, we must learn how to interpret the types and figures. James Lee has joined us for our second Life Study program in the Song of Songs. And uh, James, I have uh, uh, some sense that as just before we join Witness Lee and in our program today, we'll start delving through the text um, in our introductory program. We'll get into the text today. But this matter of being able to understand this text, being able to understand this love poetry in the way of types and figures uh, is really vital, isn't it, if we're going to have a meaningful experience in this book? Yes, absolutely. Especially in the book of Song of Songs, it's full of figures, full of types, and it portray especially the subjective experience the lovers or the believers have with the Lord. Many times it's very deep, very intimate. And if we don't have a way to interpret these figures and types, it will be hard to get a full picture to understand what this book is trying to say. Many of our experiences with the Lord is not just in terms of knowledge, not just in terms of information. It is very subjective. Right. And I believe this is why the Bible uh, uses uh, figures and types to illustrate, because some of these experiences is very difficult to be expressed by words. But by figures, it speaks much deeper than what the words can express. Yeah, so this is a very sweet, very tender. It's intimate in any definition of that word, and it describes this relationship. Of course, the book was written by King Solomon, the wise son of David, and uh, the object of his affection in this love poem is this young country maiden called the Shulamite. Mm -hmm. And we saw in our introductory program, of course, Solomon here is a type of Christ. Right. I think uh, most uh, all Bible expositors would accept such a, an understanding. Then who is the Shulamite? Who is this uh, country maiden, a king with a high status and a country maiden with a low status, yet there's this affectionate love relationship and a courtship that evolves in the pages of this book? So, uh, James, who's the maiden here? Well, it has to be us, Chris. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think we are all the unworthy country girl, country maiden, uh, so uh, low in our status, um, yet this uh, wonderful heavenly king has an interest on us, and he came to seek us, to woo us, in order to gain us for himself. So 
I believe this interpretation is correct because it really corresponds to what the whole Bible is trying to portray. Right. Even I believe in Isaiah, it tells us that Jehovah, our Creator, is our husband. Right. So he is looking to his people as his beloved wife. So there is such a love relationship, intimate relationship between Christ and his believers, just like a lover and a beloved portrayed in this、uh, poem. Of course, even Paul in the New Testament says that he espouses us, right? To right.、Uh, Christ is our bridegroom, and that in this espousal we are the chaste virgins. That's correct. So we'll hear this phrase today in these、uh, early verses: the virgins. These are the individual believers, the lovers and pursuers of Christ. And in our faith, we all should be a kind of virgin to Him, shouldn't we? That's right. All right, James. Let's、uh, join Witness Lee as we begin this marvelous journey through the text of the Song of Songs. From this first portion, I'll read again verses one and two: "The song of songs, which is Solomon's, let him kiss me with the kisses of his mouth, for your love is better than wine. Your anointing oils have a pleasant fragrance. Your name is like ointment poured forth. Better, I'd say, than Shakespeare or Browning. Here's Wesley." <laughs> The lovers yearning, see yearns to be kissed by Christ with his mouth. This is the most intimate kissing. Let him kiss me. Let him kiss me with a kiss by the mouth. <laughs> Do you realize you have different kisses? The children kiss the parents, the friends. Kiss the friends, the wife kisses the husband, and the husband kisses the wife. All different kisses. The most close, intimate kiss is the kiss of the couple, directly by mouth. She yearns to be kissed by Christ with his mouth as a response to Christ's cheering love, which is better than wine. Because she has tasted the first figure of this book is wine, and wine is not to make people drunken, but to cheering people up. Christ's love always cheers us up.、Amen. When you are done, you better consider about Christ's love. Then you become cheered up, and His charming name. Name indicate person. It's like ointment. So the second figure is the ointment poured forth with the present fragrance of the anointing oils. So concerning his love, that's cherim. Concerning his name, that's his person. That's a、uh, charming. Well, James, we have、uh, the closest, most intimate, personal one-on-one、uh, -on -one kiss.、Mm -hmm. We have、uh, cheering love and a charming person, signified by this fragrance that comes from、uh, just even the utterance of his name.、Mm -hmm. No way to get into doctrine and theology <laughs> here. We we better realize we're talking about a deep personal experience of Christ in this book, aren't we? Absolutely. I think it's very difficult to find any doctrinal matters in this book, but it is absolutely points to a believer's experience with the Lord. And this matter of the love relationship 
with the Lord is probably the most essential and basic a believer should have toward the Lord. And this is also the most unique relationship mm. we believers have with the Lord. Right. As different from any other religion on the face of the earth, which is just a matter of behavior and conduct and rules and regulations. But as Christians, God demands not just for us to believe in him, to obey him, but even the more in a very precious way, he wants us to love him. This is unique uh-huh. uh, among Christians. You don't hear about uh, Buddhist followers to love him. No. Uh, but in the Bible, portraying the relationship between the believers and Christ, there is this unique element that is love. And Song of Songs portrays this precious, intimate relationship to the uttermost. You know, uh, we were talking earlier that to understand such a book, we need to interpret it with other passages in Scripture. One that just comes to mind as I was listening to him speak here uh, regarding this love relationship is is in John chapter 4, and that's the encounter with the Lord Jesus and this uh, very sinful woman at the well in midday. Uh, Jacob's well. And they get into this marvelous dialogue and discussion. And throughout, he is really beginning to draw her. And eventually, he tells her that what God is really after Mm. are worshipers. That's right. Those who worship him in spirit and in truth or in reality. Right. And we've touched before that even the root of this word worship has something very much in connection with this passage in uh, Song of Songs, doesn't it? Yes. The genuine worship that... uh a believer have should have toward God is not just one consists of bowing down, prostrating himself, but the worship that God is after is one in spirit and in reality that surely involves our heart, our whole being, just yearning for him, just turning to him and loving him, having this intimate relationship with him. So the genuine worship that God is seeking and that really can satisfy him is one that involves love. And as portrayed in the Song of Songs, I believe this is the the genuine worship that God is after from his people. Yeah, and I think, uh, you know, if we'll get into any of the good word studies, uh, you look at this word worship, even the root of this word in Greek is the word to kiss. Mm. It implies the same kind of intimate contact uh, that we're seeing portrayed in this wonderful love poem in Song of Songs. All right, let's go on, James. Uh, Let him kiss me. It says in verse uh, 2, then it says, your love is better than wine. Therefore, the virgins love you. Draw me, and we will run after you. Here's Witness Lee once again. Firstly, she said, let him kiss me. The third person. Right away, your love is better. The second person. It seems at the beginning, he was not there. Oh, let him kiss me. We say distance. Right away, he became you. Your love. Because of his charming love and charming person, all the chaste believers love him. In humanity, you may say, this is a kind of a sinful thing, right? Oh, the young girls got charmed to love one person. But in divinity, aha, how many lovers Christ has. Millions. All the chaste 
virgins or believers love him. Okay, the lovers pursue him. She asks him to draw her, that she and her companions may run after him. Draw me, and we will follow you. You just draw me. Really, effect. Everyone who got drawn by Christ will have a companion to follow him. Since I got drawn by the Lord, I don't know how many followed the Lord with me. Peter was a fisher on the sea. One day, these beloved came. Why, Christ just say, come and follow me. Peter dropped the net, threw out with the boat, and left the Father to follow him. How can a magnet? So eventually, could you tell me how many followed Christ in companion with Peter? You just be drawn to follow him. Then you will be the factor. Many will follow him with you. Never alone, I can testify. Uh, James, a couple of striking points here. First, the lover is beginning her speaking, and she is speaking in the third person about uh, you know, the object of her love. Let him kiss me. But in the same verse, in verse 2 there, her next line says, your love is better than wine. So it changes to second person. As he points out, this implies that there was initially some kind of separation, some distance, but the distance uh, was closed, wasn't it? Yeah. This is very interesting. Yeah, it is. And I believe it confirms with our experience right. also that um, when we come to the Lord or when we uh, draw nigh to the Lord and enjoy his kissing us, initially there may be uh, somewhat still a distance. We may say, Lord, please kiss me, kiss me. Let him kiss me with the kisses of his mouth. It seems that the Lord is still some distance away. But as you do that, well, suddenly you found the Lord is right next to you. So sometimes when we Christians say, Lord Jesus, I love you. Well, when we say that, it seems to be we have to utter that out of faith <laughs> because there was not a whole lot of feeling yet within us. But we do have some response within us. We want to just tell him we love him. Yet as we express that loving desire toward the Lord, suddenly we realize the Lord is right there. And the Lord suddenly appears, and he just appreciates our loving desire toward him, uh, that he would kiss us. And indeed, suddenly we found him, he is so close to us. Right. Amazing. Uh, How about this second point? We've got a little time here. In verse 4, it begins, draw me, we will run after you. Yeah, this is also a, you know another very interesting point that we know that in this matter of loving the Lord is altogether a matter between you and the Lord. Right. It's a personal matter. It's an individual matter. Yet the effect, the result of our loving the Lord involves so many people, uh, hundreds of people, even thousands of people. I believe, uh, Chris, you and I, we uh, have uh, been believers for many years. We come this way to follow the Lord also because there are so many others ahead of us who love the Lord, who has affected us. Right. And because of their testimony, because of their lives, we have been very much uh, inspired. We also want to follow the Lord. 
I mean, this has been going on for the last 2,000 years in Christianity. Right. That so many, one after another, not just merely by preaching, so many come to know the Lord, but many come to follow the Lord, love the Lord, because of the testimony, the lives of those who love the Lord in genuineness. And because of their loving of the Lord, they just spontaneously, from them, there is a fragrance, there is an effect that just inspires us to do the same thing. That's a really good point, James. You know, I recall when I was just newly saved, newly ushered into the faith, you know, and, and it was easy to be impressed by the gifted ones and to somewhat be stirred up or even, you could say, inspired. But as time goes on, it seems like that the very thing you identified, the kind of life that we see lived out of those who've gone before us, and they may have very little gift, very little so-called charisma, very little uh, powerful work, yet there's right. just something about the, their life and the testimony of Christ in their life right. that becomes a deeper inspiration for us to continue to pursue him. That's right. I mean, this reminds me of even that story of Mary, yeah. you know, who poured the ointment at the Lord's feet. Right. The disciples were indignant at uh, what she did. They were a little upset at what she did, yet the Lord praised her for what she did. Right. And the Lord even said, wherever this gospel shall be preached, what she did should be mentioned. Right. I mean, this implies that even though her love toward the Lord was personal and individual of her pouring out for the Lord's sake, was an individual matter, an individual uh, relationship. Yet, the Lord confirms that this, what she did personally, should be spread wherever this gospel is preached, that everyone would be affected by what she did and and will do the same thing as what she did to the Lord. Hmm. Well, James, let's go on. We want to touch two more verses here, also in chapter 1, verses 7 and 8. Tell me, you whom my soul loves, where do you pasture your flock? Where do you make it lie down at noon? For why should I be like one who is veiled beside the flocks of your companions? If you yourself do not know, you fairest among women, go forth on the footsteps of the flock and pasture your young goats by the shepherd's tents. There's a lot conveyed in here. I witnessly will help us unpack this very rich treasure chest a bit more as we continue. Now, Fellowshiping with Christ, resulting and entering into the church life. You may say, what is this, brother Lee? In Son of Sons, you have the church? Yes, the church is here. Because there is a sign you cannot interpret any other way. What the sign? The flock as a collection of so many sheep. That's the church. The church is a collection of so many believers. Okay. He tells her to follow him because she prayed to him, show me where you will be. Then he, Christ, answered her, if you don't know the way, you just follow the steps of the flock. Then you'll get the church. Very meaningful. In the fellowship. In her praising him with uh, joy and rejoicing, she asked, where you'll be? Show me the way. We'll follow. If you don't know, the father steps of the frog, that means the way trodden by the churches. Just follow that. Then you'll get him. 
I said, many of you can testify. You didn't know where Christ is. You just found the churches. Oh, he's here. I interpret this according to my experience. Very interesting, right? When you find the church, you bring all your younger ones, your young goats, to the church also. It's wonderful that the fellowship of the lover of Christ resolved in the church life. James, I like this point. You know, you and I were talking before we began the recording today, and, and this book depicts not just the experience of Christ, but quite honestly, it depicts a very deep and mature experience of Christ. And as we get farther along into the life study, that I think will become more evident. And so we may feel uh, this book passes us by in some way. And I think probably we all have that feeling it's somewhere along the line, because before the story is done, it really gives the picture of a completely matured believer. But this passage here, it seems to me sort of draws us all back into it because she's saying, well, I can't find you. How will I know how to get to you? You've gone farther than I've been able to go. And he tells her, oh, that's easy. Just follow the steps of the flock. Yes. This is really a precious point. It does not matter what stage of life that a believer is. To know the Lord, on the one hand, is an individual matter. But on the other hand, is a corporate matter together with all the other lovers. So as indicated in this verse, that as uh, instructed by the king, that you just follow the footsteps of the flock, then you'll find me. And many times that individually speaking, we may have uh, difficult times, uh, downtime, uh, low times. You know, it seems that the Lord was not so present, Mm -hmm. was not so sweet. Yet the wonderful thing is that I'm not the only one who is loving the Lord. There are so many others. And as indicated by the church or the flock representing the church here, it's a collection of God's people. And we can always find Christ in the church, in this collection of God's people. Even though you may be short in a certain realization of Christ, but there are others who may be ahead of you. And together, we are one flock as the many sheep, and Christ has one flock on the earth. And wherever he is feeding, there may be some sheep ahead of you. That's okay. But as long as we remain with all the other sheep in the one flock, we will find where the shepherd is. Hmm. This is a very precious point. It's a very precious point, and that is for sure. And it's not always that we're following those in the church who are maybe older and more mature than we. Many times, uh, the experience that a a young one, a new one is having may be just what we need to re- oh, yeah. rekindle our own love for Absolutely. Christ. Yes. Yeah, so it's not a hierarchical situation. It's very organic, and the smallest member could be the one that the Lord has arranged today for you That's right. to be rekindled in your love and pursuit of him. That's right. So God's flock composed of his sheep, all shapes and form, yeah. and all stages of life. But the fact is that the Lord is always among his people. And the church, you know, as Paul says, the church is the mystery of Christ, signifying that if someone were to find Christ, he has to go to the church, which is the collection of God's people. Whether they are considered as spiritual, not spiritual, mature, not mature, but the collection of God's people represented by the church or the flock, that's where Christ is. 
We made the point in the first program, this book really is not so much about the corporate bride, but each individual believer in their pursuit. But yet that individual experience that we all have issues in. That's right. The corporate bride. That's right. So we each have the responsibility to maintain this love, intimate, personal, individual relationship. But then we bring that experience to the church and the church is built up as a result. That's right. This becomes the material, doesn't it, for the building up of God's house. That's correct. And eventually that corporate church will become the bride, the unique bride that Christ will come back to marry. Wow. Well, this is a good start, these first two programs, and I can't help but say that uh, this book touches our love for the Lord, doesn't it? It just ignites it. Amen. Thanks, James, for being a part of it. We hope you can come back again soon and join us for another program. For James Lee, I'm Chris Wilde. Thank you very much for listening today. Thank you very much for listening today. Thank you very much for listening today. Thank you for listening to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. Witness Lee spent seven decades in the 20th century speaking Christ, first in Asia and then North America, eventually all over the world. The culmination of those 70 years of ministry was his Life Study of the Bible, an exhaustive exposition of the entire scriptures. This unique commentary focuses on how Christ can be life to man in an experiential and practical way. These programs encapsulate Witnessly speaking in just 26 minutes. But to get the complete riches, visit lifestudy.com. From there, you can read all of the Life Study messages in their entirety or download any of our more than 1,700 audio programs at no cost. Again, that website is lifestudy.com. Thanks for listening.